It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on, Clipper Nation? It's me, William, the Opinion Update. I am positive, Chuck Mockler. And we are... uh... Locked on Clippers, part of Locked on NBA Network. We're going at you five days a week with up, all the fresh Clippers news. Up and down weekend. I know, I'm, I'm thrown out of sorts. <laughs> it was I, so weird. I, I, I'm saying we're presenting this recap as, as a tale of two Clippers. That's uh, a very, very good way to put it. <laughs> because it is uh, basically... This was uh, such a weird It's a dichotomy ass. of what this team can be. Uh, yeah, I would for say sure. a, a complete 180s yeah. uh, from what we can expect to the see. The goods and the bads. Yes. Um, but either way, we're going to be recapping both of those blowouts. Uh, we'll talk about, you know. Yeah, it was two blowouts. What happened? Uh, what, we, what we liked, what we didn't like. Overall, how we're feeling. Uh, and then we're going to wrap things out with uh, a little bit of talk about now that trade season is over. Um, buyout season's here. It's buyout season, baby. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so you talk a little bit about that. Maybe a little bit about what we've seen from the fit thus far from Marcus Morris. So all that and more. Coming up right about now. So we'll start off with the uh, the Clippers, I, I guess, game. It was the worst of times. It was the worst it of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> the Clippers lost 142 to 115 to the Timberwolves on Saturday. And what could be described is the most disheartening show of effort from the team I think we'd seen in a really long time. Uh, yeah, a piss poor effort the, all around. <laughs> that's a fantastic way to um, recap it. We had to start. We, you know, there was no uh, Bev, which showed. We started Sham, Kawhi, PG, Patterson, and Zubots. They had a bunch of new guys, which was like a catalyst for change. It seemed like they were really energized. They hadn't won in some, you know, since November, something like that. Yeah, but still, like this one. This one, I. What did we like in this game? Was there anything that we liked in this game? Um, if you're new to the pod, we split this up into what we liked and what we didn't like. This is kind of a weird weekend to do it because one game had a bunch we liked and one game had a bunch we didn't like. The bench got more rebounds than the starters, which if the starters <laughs> were rebounding at a normal rate, that's a stat that I really like. <laughs> yeah, in a normal uh, world. Given you know some of the size and issues of this this bench. For sure. Um Oh, man. Uh, you know. I mean, Motley looked good. He, four of five, 10 points in garbage time. Kawhi, uh, just shy of 30. Um, but, you know, he shot 47% overall from the floor. Okay. His offense, so Kawhi's offense was good. Um, that's kind of, I think, where it ends with what we like. I mean, I, I do like that. Like, I, I do like that both Paul George and Kawhi got their, you know, their 20 plus points. They combined for 50. Uh, I yeah. would hope. On most nights when they're combining for 50, you know, we're not getting blown out by 
almost 30 points. Uh, but that's not the way this one went. This one, all right, now let's get into what we didn't like, which was pretty much everything. I mean, the Wolves shot the goddamn lights out of this game. They shot 59% from three as a team, which... 26 of 44. Like, I'll give credit, obviously, to to their shooting. and, and Gotta guys make just, the shots. And got, you do have to make the shots, but, like, it, they were getting a lot of shots. That was... It's, it was this game, the same thing happened in the Kings game, where... We're just letting teams get shots. That they and dumped guess, even more threes on us. I think it was twenty. They had twenty three made threes in the Kings game. This one was twenty six. We yeah, did it's see like we just yeah. It, it seems like if our perimeter defense is getting beat, and this isn't a game that we're hanging our hat on. And like in the grand scheme of things, you know this game sucks a little. A little bit for inco- season, yeah, for sure. but inconsequential more but or less. Some of the trends, it's like the perimeter defense is a trend now. When things are not going well on defense, it seems like perimeter defense is the first thing to go. I mean, because we can always throw like zoo in if the interior is not going well, yeah, or kind of switch it up. But with perimeter defense, it's like if it's not going right, it just the wheels come off really quickly. And you know, like if if you want to point to a reason, obviously not having Patrick Beverly in the in the starting lineup, he's our third most important player. He he just firmly is. And defensively, he might be like tone setter wise, he might be the most important player. Yeah, uh, I can't. It's hard to argue against that word. Not the same team by any stretch of the imagination when Bev is not able to start games for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they had seven guys in double digits. Jordan McLaughlin led the way with 24. Yes. Which, you you know, you love to see if you're a McLaughlin head, head out there. There was just no, there was no cohesion. Like, the effort... I mean, Kawhi had some poor effort on defensive possessions. Totally. There was no effort from... Like, we weren't guarding guys on the perimeter. They were. It was this thing of where they're shooting the lights out, and we're just still kind of like, damn, they're shooting really well. <laughs> like, yeah. We're just watching them continue to shoot well. Paul George was awful from three. One of eight. He shot 12% on the yeah. night. His defense is still uh, getting there. Patrick Patterson, seven minutes. One of two, you know, kind of had the rotations were a little goofy in this one. Here's something that worries me. Uh, oh, yeah, so let's get into how we feel, because this is now we can talk about the recurring themes to worry about. Totally, totally. So, so, so one thing that I suppose does worry me is we've talked a little bit about how Paul George can be a, a vocal leader uh, on this team, and it, yeah. it shows on the court. It's great to see. I just wonder if things aren't going well for him offensively, if he's going to take more of a passive or beta role. You think it's got to be, you think it's got, if it's going offensively, he's there defensively? Yeah. And maybe not. Well, not just him, but he's like there on the other guys telling guys where to be. Uh, Whereas I think, you know, maybe that diminishes a little bit if he's not. His defense isn't going to pull his offense up, is what you're saying. It's going to be the other way. You know what I mean? Like his offense is going to make his defense better. Yes, his defense yeah. might not translate up the other way. Games like this, it's fun. it's interesting to watch how guys react to what's happening around them. And it was like, just no one. I mean, I I, I see your point, and I think I agree with it. He is much more of an offensive. Guy, he talks, you know, people talk about how he really wants to hang his hat on defense, and he does, I think. He really does try to do it. But he knows that naturally, right now, the offense is a little better than the defense is coming back from the injuries. Oh, totally. So I think he's definitely looking. And I mean, that's, this is not just a Paul George thing. No, it's not this a is, bad thing this either. Is a it makes sense. a common thing for guys coming back from injuries. Yeah. Um, and if, this, yeah, the perimeter defense thing is something that, like, 
in the playoffs, I want to see, I mean, before the playoffs, obviously, but in the playoffs, there's going to be games where our perimeter defense is going to have to battle back. Totally. Yeah. And I would like to see it happen against lesser teams. I would like to see a lesser team, you know, God forbid they shoot a great percentage in the first half. I'd like to see the second half clamp that up more regularly than that's been happening. Because it does happen sometimes. Yeah. We got better quarter by quarter, I think. Uh, it was a couple games ago. But we got better quarter by quarter, which was good. We kind of chipped. Oh, it was that Spurs game. Um, yeah, we didn't win a single quarter of this game. Oh, no. Nor we shouldn't have. We, the th- we deserved this loss. Like, the loss was... At no point did it feel like we were getting jobbed by the refs or, like, things weren't going in. If you look at our splits from this game... I mean, God, man, minus 27. Was we were 34% from three, so not elite. We only took 26 threes. Yeah. Um, we were 47% from the floor. It's just like we had 24 assists on 41 made shots. You Well, so if we go by Doc's thing, you look at Shamus attempts, he had four attempts. Which means the ball wasn't moving. No. By Doc's own admission type situation. No, and and that's another one of those things that's like, I don't know if I'm, like, necessarily worried about, but, like, if we have these sets, how the hell are we not running them on a more consistent basis? Like, how are Shamit's attempts... Yeah, if they're there. Yeah, Shamit's attempts are as high as, like, 12, 16, and then he's not getting putting up five in a couple of games? It's all, like, peaks and valleys, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I would much rather just have, like, a constant eight. Six to to ten or something like that, as opposed to, like, oh, three or fifteen. I mean, we've said (laughs) on the show that he should be taking ten to twelve. Like, just minimum. Absolutely. And then uh, we're going to talk about maybe a little bit of this in the recap of the Cavs, but Bev's injury. This is uh, not good. He missed also the game on Sunday that we just got done watching. Mm-hmm. Scale of 1 to 10, where you at worry-wise? Oh. And I'm talking grand scheme of things. I'm still hopeful. Uh, well, I'm, I would hope. <laughs> no, I just think I'm that... I'm glad you're not. I'm glad you haven't thrown the I'm towel. done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, no, I, like... I'm really hopeful that this isn't going to be an extended thing because you know how we talk about peaking at the right time. I think that there's like injuries at the right time too. And going into like an all-star break, I I think is like a fine time for a roster to be a little bit banged up. Take some knocks. To take a couple of knocks. Like it it makes sense. Um, So scale of one to 10, Maria. I'm like dead in the middle. Like probably a five. I'm at like like eight. Really? It's a groin. It's a lingering thing. It is a lingering thing. We're gonna. I think we're gonna be heavily looking at the Reggie Jackson possibility, which we're gonna talk about in the freshies. But if this is gonna be an injury, that's gonna be like a because it seems like a thing now. Totally. We do need an emergency point guard. Totally. Um, anything else about this game? Should we move on to the good game? Yeah, let's move on to the <laughs> polar opposite of this game. So, uh, Tale of Two Clippers Part Two coming up right about now. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. 
Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, the Clippers went over to Cleveland and uh, put a boot in their ass. As- Led by as much as 45 <laughs> at one point. This was the Marcus Morris debut. Yeah. We were without Kawhi and Patrick Beverly. Uh, we'll talk about the emergency point guard situation more on the freshies. This was the Clippers' 25th starting lineup of the season in the lead, I believe. You love to see it. We started a goofy lineup. Uh, this is the first game we won with Lou Will starting this year. We started Lou, Sham, Paul George, Marcus Morris, uh, and Avica Zubats. When you throw Kawhi into that lineup, that's insane. So the size, there was a lineup in this game. This was an ass-kicking. Okay, this game, I mean, I, I think we said the score off top, but if we it was It was 133-92. 133-92. to 92. If, you didn't, if you didn't see this game, you didn't miss a whole hell of a lot. Um, <laughs> in a good way, you know. There was a line, there was a lineup in this game that was Shamit, Paul George, Morris, Jamichael, and Zoo. That's a gigantic lineup. Yeah, totally. That's huge. The the size. So let's get let's talk about what we disliked really quick because there wasn't a whole lot. Um, I wish they wouldn't have been allowed so many threes. Uh, it's, we're nitpicking. Oh, that we wouldn't have allowed Cleveland so many threes. It's a little higher than I mean, they, they had seven. No, they they attempted thirty three though. I mean, just the attempts. Yeah, I'm trying to find something. You know. Um, no, that's fair. I I appreciate it. We lost fouls twenty one to seventeen. They got to the line more than us. Which <laughs> I, that's like, that's kind of weird. Which is really, really bizarre, uh, especially in a game where we... I mean, we were up by... Yeah. Especially in a game like this where we're dumping on another team. What? I mean, is there anything else you didn't like in this game? Um, oh, the uniform clash. Their oh, uniforms yeah. made our uniforms look worse, which I don't like. Also, Marcus Morris did not make it three. So He did not, which we're going to talk about. Um, he was taking them, though. But what we did like... This was the total opposite of what happened on Saturday. Yes. This was the antithesis. The effort was up. The energy was up. And I will say... Let's the, talk, oh, ahead. sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, in the last game where we kind of talk, uh, talked about, like, how it, it shows season-long things that we're concerned about, this is the type of win that gives me hope. And I know that it's not against the... Uh, uh, it's not, like, no. what I would necessarily call a quality win, but with Pat out and Kawhi out, no one was content to lo- to lay down and go 0-2 <laughs> yeah, on this road trip. Sure. It was like, let's blow this whole thing up. Uh, Marcus Morris debut. What would you grade the Marcus Morris debut? Um, I mean, he finished with 10, 4, and 2 with three steals. I mean, I'm, I'd have to say a solid B or maybe a B minus just because of the three-point shooting, but I really don't have a lot of issues. What, what about you? Sorry. I was going to say A okay. because the spacing, If you watch the first quarter and the spacing – who the hell do you guard? The, they have to stick to more. And like I, so he made a bunch of mid-range jumpers, which was great. But in the grand scheme of things, I want those moved out a bit, even if they're just attempts. Definitely, he's a spacer. He's not a clogger. I don't want him like taking. I don't want him to be in any spots. Kawhi's maybe trying to get to. I don't think he will Kawhi's be when Kawhi's on the yeah. floor. Yeah, and which is really the only take, the only bad takeaway I have. Yeah, the three point shooting was a little rough. Is like the thing. Like how how are you going to trap Kawhi? Yeah. With, like with the spacing that's out there. I so I love the idea. It still. looked so much 
it looked better. Zoo got involved really early because the Cavs had to take into account every single person on the floor. Yeah, definitely. with the lineup that we ran out to start this game, especially it's who the hell do you he was, sag he off was, of? Zoo was also perfect tonight from the floor. Yeah, four, four. quite literally. Um, um, but no, I I love Morris's energy. Like this debut went as well as you could have wanted it to go. Yeah, if you're a Clippers fan for yeah. sure. I'm really excited to see what it looks like when it's. Dude, and, the, the lineup is huge. I know Moe's a big guy, but adding adding this one piece in Morris really has like I'm real I'm surprised at how much over the hump it's put us like size wise. Like we have some gigantic lineups a, we can mess around with. It's a different feel, yeah, for sure. Even small ball because Doc talked about playing Marcus at the five, and I talked about this a little bit, but. Anything that'll give Trez a break in those 18 minutes. Let's do it. Yeah, if it's him at the five, if it's Zoo at the five, whoever you want to play at the, at the five, five. Some, at some point between the latter half of the third and the end of the fourth. Because you, if you look at the, like, say the lineup is you have Sham, Lou, Sham, how about this? Sham, PG, Kawhi, Jamichael, Morris. And so you're just relying on Kawhi or PG to handle the, the ball handling Pretty much for the most the part, yeah. I mean, it's a nasty lineup. It's just something crazy to think about. Like, the the Morris Pete, like, the, tonight gave me a lot more, I mean, I was excited to begin with, but it made me a lot more, like, like the wheel, the wheels started turning more for, like, possibilities. I'm excited to see. I think this might be a thing that Doc needs to unlock some of his experimenting. Totally. So here's my only concern. Yeah. Is that I hope that this doesn't come at a, the total detriment of Shamit touches. Um, For sure. So in this one, his attempts were much more where they should be. Um, he he was four of nine, three of seven from three. Love uh, it. As long as he's staying around that number, we know that the ball is moving and that they're making a, a, like a decided effort to get some other guys going. And these numbers look different with Kawhi out there, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I still want to see him in that nine to 10 attempt range. Um, we also have it just adds another wrinkle on top of, you know, like the the bigger three. We also have to think about, and this is far down the road, but there might be playoff games where we have to hold out one of Kawhi or Paul George. Shit, man. which is something to think about. Wow, you really just rain on my. Well, parade. so this game I feel like is encouraging for that because Shamlet's attempts, yeah, were in that range. Um, there were six guys in double digits. Lou led the Clippers with twenty five. Paul George had 22 on 66% shooting. Trez had 19 on 80% shooting. This, I mean, this was like, you know, 40 points is really never expected, but you expected kind of a... Can we talk about a breakout performance from a guy that we don't talk about enough? Because, well, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Amir Coffee. I would say obvious reasons. He's never played. All of a sudden, Doc was like, yeah, I know. Well, let's that's do what it. I meant by obvious yeah, reasons. It was awesome. Uh, the man, dude... He looked pretty good. He looked better than Jerome. He had 24 minutes uh, tonight, slightly more minutes than Paul George. Uh, finished 5 of 7 from the floor. He was 0 of 2 from 3, Eric. But uh, I don't know. He, he was still really solid. Added 4 rebounds uh, and, a, and an assist and a steal and a block. Dude, he's fast as hell. Um, and just He was, jumps passing lanes. Yes, like, I was just going to say was genuinely very interesting to watch. Like, very fun to watch. I... It's not anything that's like sustainable in any sort of sort of long term, but way to go, young man. Way to take uh, advantage like, of the minutes you're getting. Yeah, dude. way to take advantage of the minutes. I hope that there is an opportunity. Do you think out we see more? Do you think that do you no. think that this Morris piece 
Well, because there's there might be games where Kawhi is gone or Bev well, is gone. With see, so with the Bev injury, that makes it a little bit more interesting for sure. Doc um, is just like abandoning. We're gonna talk about this on the freshies, but like, are we just abandoning the traditional point guard thing now? Like, we're just like, hey, we have one, and that's almost too many. <laughs> like, that's how Doc's vibe kind of feels right now. Well, we've talked about this, and we talked about it a little bit in free agency, but. With Kawhi and Paul George and the way that they've been trying to build some sort of continuity with this offense, I don't necessarily see where the super ball dominant guard ties in to the fit. It's like garbage time is where I feel like it ties in. Right? Yeah. Like maybe in in closing line, but like if they once again if they can't shoot off the dribble, I don't defense. see it as being valuable enough or, yeah, play, defense. or play defense. Uh, another encouraging stat from this game. This is my favorite stat from this game. Is Trez and Zoo combining for seven assists? Zoo had 10-4-4, yeah. four and four, which was fantastic. He locked up Drummond, too. Yeah. He played great defense on Drummond. Um, but this stat, like, I think both Zoo's... Trez is averaging, what, one assist a game? Something like that. If Trez one, picks yeah. his head up three more times every game on the pick and roll... He could up his assists. I could see Trez averaging two and a half to three and a half assists a game. If Trez averaged three assists a game, that would be a, like that I, would unlock such a different. That piece would be of a literal on the game. Floor. Yeah, the, a literal game changer for this team. It'd be phenomenal. And Zoo, I think. I mean, Zoo had four assists. Zoo, I think, could average three assists a game. Yeah. So Trez is actually at one point eight. So three okay. is not Fuck that me. unattainable. Yeah, I think he could get up to three. If we could get combined six assists from these two guys a game, however the discrepancy is. I think it leads it it lends itself to us probably getting a win. Yeah. I mean, I'll co-sign right? that. Right? Like, yeah. No, that that was one of the more encouraging things to see. Um I hope we see it in maybe closer games. I think we will see it with Zoo now that Morris is on that starting lineup. Now that there's a real threat. Um you know, consistent threat. Also, uh Morris threw an oop to Zoo like to open the second half. It seems which like you love to see. It seems like guys love playing with Zoo, which is fun. Dude, Zoo is maybe the best glue guy for the locker room. He's, like, yeah, he's like, I don't know, he's hard to be mad at. Think, he seems like the guy where, like, if there's like fights going on, Zoo's like, hey, 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 come on. He's guys. hitting him with the Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, Zoo's doing his Kawhi. <laughs> Good callback, yeah, dude. dude. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm fucking tripping. You're totally right, dude. Zoo got me. Um, how are you feeling after this game? Um. It's another one of those games. It's like it's great to get the win. Would have been catastrophic to get the loss. But <laughs> dude, if we would, so I was hanging out with uh, Fatty Patty C. He's on this uh, podcast every now and then. Patrick Glory. I was talking about because we were watching the stream on. We were getting the Cavs broadcast. So we were. They were talking about how Sexton had scored double digits in this many games, and like Drummond was bringing this X amount of boards. And I was like, I was kind of tripping out, and I was like. God damn it, dude. Like, if we lose this game, like, what is the show going to be like for Monday's episode if we go 0-2 on this weekend? Yeah, I mean, that would have been a rough, rough way to close out the week. But, uh, you know, that being said, it, it, it does make it a little bit more of a quality win just given the absences that we had. Yeah, this this we took care of business. I mean, the amount of points is great. I don't think it matters in the grand, you know. Totally. I'm glad we won by more than 10. And I am excited for the fit with Morris. 
You know, it looks that like it might even be better away. than than what we what, what I had thought it was. I'm really excited to see against it a perhaps some would maybe classify it a better team in the game on Tuesday against 76ers. We don't know. Um, let us know how you felt about the game at Locked On Clips at Charles Monk, at Will Updike. Coming up after this, we got a real quick buyout edition of the Freshies. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's fresh. All right, so so Derek trade Collison, deadline is over. Derek Collison's out. He's just retiring, which, dude, was he ever going to actually come back? That's what I was wondering. Like, so did he just have his PR people continue this thing to, I, Because, like, know. if two of the he contenders. To, he's like, going to sell some shirts? I don't know. Because, like, if two of these teams, like, either of these teams is phenomenal to land on if you're a buyout candidate. 100%. Like, it's either this or the Bucks, which, shout out to Marvin Williams did, like. Yeah. So if you're a buyout guy, there's really no better situation to be in than these two teams. I don't think he was ever coming back. I kind I think that you're right. It's just so weird. Like the Lakers wind and dined him, which I don't, you know, throw shade at them for that. If you want the guy, give him front row seats. He obviously didn't like what he saw, which, hey, you run that risk when you have a bad product. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, what? But so now the rumor is Reggie Jackson is reportedly maybe seeking out a buyout, and the Clippers were like kind of reported as suitors for him. Is this a must with the Bev injury situation? So, I mean... I've been back and forth on this one. With the Bev injury situation, it does make the guard position a, a much more needed one. Whereas I said coming on the trade deadline, it wasn't really something that I was that worried about shoring up in yeah. terms of like a, a, pl- a traditional like playmaking backcourt. The loss of Bev, and especially just given the the complexity of like the groin injury i do think that it's something worth taking a look at especially yeah in the buyout market which is our only option but just still just saying it you know it's 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 much more worth taking a look at it's still not something i know i don't know if i would would be my preference to trade for but the the call so the collison news does i don't really want him on the team for a couple other uh off-court issues It does. I'm like, so now I'm kind of like, damn, I kind of think we should really try and get Reggie Jackson. I don't think like waving. I saw some people on Twitter being like, oh, we shouldn't have waved IT. That's not the emergency guard you want. That's the emergency of emergency guards. That makes no sense. Um, So I think the Reggie Jackson thing, like I kind of really want it to happen. We're, We're obviously waiting on the injury report for the game on Tuesday against 76ers. If Bev, if this is another road trip where someone goes and doesn't play at all, because, like, we haven't gotten... I mean, we're not going to get any straight answers about his injury and timeline and stuff like that from Doc, obviously. Yeah. But I think the Reggie Jackson thing is something we really do need to maybe pursue. So, I think it's interesting because he, you know, he, he does open up the assist possibility more than than some other names on the market. Plus, he is, um, you know, like a, a quality start... Like, a quality scorer, rather. Um, and we don't need him to like shoulder a big 
Like uh, Alex Hanna, host of the Big Dog Lakers pod. Shout out BDLP. Man, you were just name dropping today. Yeah, a lot. Some, you know, sometimes you got to drop it's it out. It's a little too much. Um, everyone loves Alex. Just got Hanna. into LA for that Los Angeles Los Angeles Playboy Extraordinaire Alex Hanna. Um, he and I were talking about on Twitter. Like Reggie Jackson has like an injury history, like with back issues. Uh-huh. His shooting is weird right now. He's shooting like forty percent from three. Yeah, but I think thirty-seven percent overall. Uh, on his career, yeah, he's like a 36% shooter. But the attempts are like, you know, in the fours. So I, yeah. I don't know. I guess you'll live with that. Considering you're not, that you're not resting on him. You're not like, exactly. right, get to the rim exactly. and make things happen. It's not like uh, the offense. This off- is spot minute. Yeah, it's not like the offense is going to be like, okay, Reggie, we need you to do this for <laughs> us, buddy. <laughs> Please, Reggie. So I'm not really sure. I I'm not. I don't really know how buyout negotiations like go. Yeah, like, I was going to say playing for them. So I mean, we're. Pre- I don't know how that shit works. I guess I don't really know what their incentive is, other than he's only played in like 12 games this season. Um, okay. Well, I'm just saying. No, that's fair, dude. Uh, like other than that, I like I don't truly know what their incentive is to buy him out. But if it happens, I, I think a great candidate. Yeah, let us know if you think anyone. I mean, Tyler Johnson just got bought. Out. <laughs> Tyler Johnson just got bought out. Uh, yeah, I don't. We'll end up. We'll see what happens. Doc has talked about how he's like kind of content with not having like the pure distributor out there because he wants more guys to pass the ball more. Yeah. Also, was anyone else surprised by? So the Grizzlies bought out Dion Waiters today. Uh, oh. which was like a 12, oh God. which was like a $13 million contract, but like refused to buy out Iguodala. I don't know. It's just a little <laughs> bit strange. I mean, like I guess it's past the trade deadline. It's so there's value no value issue. Yeah. So they could is not there a get world any value. That Waiters becomes a clipper. Uh, man, I don't want that. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. I, if there's any Dion Waiters fans out there, uh, and you think he could contribute? Let us know at Lockdown Clips. <laughs> uh, anything else in the shavings or anything like that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's uh, high time to catch the end of the Oscars. Let's do it, man. All right, so on a Tuesday's episode, we're going to have a preview of the Clippers versus 76ers game. Keep an eye on if uh, Patrick Beverly plays in that one. We'll have Twitter tw- Tuesday, so send in your questions. Of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening uh, to this weird up and down recap we had. Yeah. You can find us at uh, Locked on Clips on Twitter, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Deezer. Come check us out. It's, it's a fun hang for the most part. Yeah, uh, leave a rating and review. We will read your review on air. Hell yeah, we will. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. I've been William the Opinion Uptight. Appreciate you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.